How's it going, everybody? You are listening to Famous Dead People, the podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein. On today's show, we have got former president of the United States, George H.W. Bush, and 20th century British actor, famous for playing the fictional spy James Bond, Roger Moore. If you like the episode, be sure to check out the performers, George H.W. Bush, uh, is in a country music band called the Great American Country Drifters. You can find them at gacdrifters.com. They're on Spotify. Listen to them there. And Roger Moore is going to be directing a sketch show that's, that is uh, performing in July called The Outer Zone. Google that. Uh, all of my stuff you can find on jaredberenstein.com. All these videos that I've been telling you guys are coming there. They're starting to come out. There, there are two online now. There will be three by the time you hear this. And uh, you can find those on my YouTube and my Instagram. So check those out and enjoy. Uh, rate and review the podcast. Tell your friends. Leave a comment. Buy my book, The Kelly and Conway Technique. Hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Don't forget that you can always check out the freshest episodes every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. And if you want to come see me do stand-up, I'm at the Stress Factory in Bridgeport, Connecticut this weekend, July 11th through 13th. And next weekend, uh, July 19th, through the 21st, I am at the Denver Improv. So come check that out. But in the meantime, sit back, relax, and enjoy Roger Moore and George H.W. Bush only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. Oh, you know, famous dead people, famous dead people, famous stories stuck in the head. You're gonna hear awful beliefs, and so all these people are dead. My guests today on Famous Dead People are 20th century British actor, best known for playing secret agent James Bond in seven films, Roger Moore. When you were young and your heart was an open book. What a set. Here's to say, live and let live. What a set of pipes on Roger Moore there. And former director of the CIA and 41st president of the United States, George Herbert Walker Bush. Goldfinger. <laughs> Goldfinger. That is he former, was good too. Former President George H.W. Bush really picking up where Roger Moore was <laughs> leaving it off. Uh, Mr. President, Sir Moore, Sir Roger Moore, thank you so much for joining us here on Famous Dead People. Pleasure. Oh, wonderful to be here. Uh, let's, uh, let's start off with you, uh, Mr. President. So you were obviously... Uh, 41st president of the United States. Uh, but before that, you had a long and impressive career in government. You were a member of the House. You worked for the Nixon administration. You led the CIA for a few years. Spies. That's Spies, right. indeed. Secret agent. Didn't even think about that link up there before we started. Double but, O uh, Bush. Double <laughs> Gonna have to. That sounds like an episode of James Bond to me. Double O Bush. Double O Bush. Double O Bush. That could be like we've got a we've got a we got a George H W Bush like George like doing H. spy w. stuff. Pussy. But it could also yeah, be. it could be the femme fatale that I fall fall for. And just just a Bush. Yeah. A Bush. You uh, know, yeah. <laughs> love that Bush. So, uh, this is a bit of a gotcha question. George H.W. Bush. Uh-oh. I'm starting off hot. This isn't usually what I do here on the show, but I had something I really wanted, really wanted to ask you about. Uh, so while you were vice president under Reagan, you headed the War on Drugs Task Force. That's right. Uh, and I just so I, I also mentioned earlier that you worked for the Nixon administration, and recently uh, Nixon's domestic affairs advisors admitted that the War on Drugs was made up just to throw minorities and liberals in jail. And so I am assuming that because you worked for Nixon and you worked for the CIA, you had to have known that the war on drugs was fake, was made up by the Nixon administration just as a political weapon. You had to know that, right? No, no you I didn't, didn't know that. You didn't know that. I'm being coy. Now that, I, <laughs> now that I'm dead, I'll tell you, I knew that. Yeah. Didn't care for him. So you, so you were like just picking up the mantle and being like, I'm going to continue using the war on drugs as a political cudgel just uh like nixon did yeah want to throw those minorities in jail <laughs> the libs too the libs can suck it wow yeah i didn't think we we're gonna get such a uh such a hard admission here yeah, right what, very, are you, what are you gonna do right at the very top war i didn't even have any drugs. backup questions i just figured that you would be so there would be so much backpedaling 
going on from that, or maybe you would feel ashamed at what you had done. But no, not ashamed. Not no. ashamed admitting it. All right. Not ashamed of that. Not ashamed to admit. Pull a little David Copperfield. Oh, what? A David Copperfield? <laughs> yeah, you know. Later in life, I would grab women and say, I was Copperfield. David Copperfield. <laughs> David Copperfield. That's true. <laughs> Maybe you weren't going to get to it. Maybe you were. Don't know. I did not. I'm an expert in name puns, Jared. Are you, I don't know Roger if Moore? You no, know, but yeah, oh yes, yes. But no, this is much. literally a thing I said. I said I was David Copperfield. Oh, interesting. In a wheelchair, and I'd grab women's asses. And so you would? Uh, would you say that before you grabbed? Would you say that after you grabbed? Or? As I grabbed, I'd you... say uh, I'm David Copperfield. And give it a grab. <laughs> and, and then this... I would say, uh, you know, when I would throw. People in jail, I'd say I'm Harry Hadini, <laughs> yeah, but it didn't really work. Cause less of a like, pun, yeah. Less, not, less of a play on words. Not a play on words. Just uh, you know, just a fun thing to say, almost like a catchphrase. Tried to shoehorn in the magician's names my whole life. Mm. Only worked at the end. Ooh, I'm Did wondering you, if there is a magician that that would work better for. Right now, the only one I'm thinking of is Chris Angel, but Chris I'd Angel. Say, yeah, I'd say I'm a mind freak. Get your ass in jail, <laughs> you minority. The amazing Jonathan. The amazing, the amazing Jonathan. Jonathan. Oh, You're going man. to jail, Lib. David. It's amazing, Jonathan. Pin uh, and teller. <laughs> oh, pin. I'm pinning a I'm pinning something on you. I'm gonna you pin, pin something on you, then I'm gonna go find Barbara and tell her about it. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna there say I'm gonna throw you in jail and I'm gonna uh David blame it on the war on drugs. There you Ooh. go. Thank Big you. fan of wordplay, big fan of puns. I am no stranger to wordplay myself, Roger Moore. I don't know if you could tell. Oh, 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 <laughs> so, so so you believe that you yourself are a gentleman of arts and leisures, as I am, as arts and letters. Oh, definitely. hundred so, percent. Oh. You don't do over a hundred episodes of Famous Dead People and not develop a little pun skill. Let's sharpen my pun quill a little bit. Oh, okay. Let's Very have a pun impressive. off. Oh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you we two have, have a pun off. You have a pun off, I'll be referee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're pun-understanding what I'm putting to you right now. I don't just I don't think this would be pun. I don't think it would be a pun thing to do. That's oh, a, <laughs> point, <laughs> point. Hell yeah, that's a point. Each of you got a point. <laughs> Jesus. Now, well, but really, what's the point? Of doing kind of, of doing a pun off. There you go. I'll give that a half a pun. What? Oh. <laughs> anyway. This is pun believable. Mm. Mm. All right. That seems like Wolf Trotten territory. Yeah, we did it. All right. So <laughs> George H.W. Bush was throwing minorities in jail, did not care, and Roger Moore loves pun. We are starting off hot. What does H.W. stand for? Herbert Walker. Herbert Walker. Yeah. Also hard worker. <laughs> Did you have a lot of those ready just in the chamber? Sure. I'm sure there's something that people ask you about hard, throughout your life. Hard worker. Hard worker. Okay. Hillary Whacker. <laughs> uh, that one, obviously, you had to do later. Hey, Waluigi. What? <laughs> when, well, I'd play, when I'd play any kind of Mario game, I'd say, hey, Waluigi. Was that something that you brought out to try to appeal to the younger generation, the, uh, the kids playing their... Their Nintendo DSs and stuff in the 2000s? Yeah, when I was, you know, trying to appeal to young kids in the 2000s. Because I'm imagining that you, may, may, maybe you weren't ready to step out of, uh, you know, political life. Maybe you thought you would get back in the game at one point. You had to make sure that the kids knew what your name was. I mean, I had to do it. Love the kids. <laughs> had to get out there. Had to keep my name and face out there. Okay, can we get one more? If somebody asked you what the... Uh, what the uh, HW stood for, what you would say? Hellwalker. Hellwalker. Wow. Ooh, when would you use that one? Because I'm in hell Wait, and I'm walking around. you're in hell. <laughs> yeah. So you would use that after you died and you were in hell. Well, before I died, I figured I'd go to hell for all the things I did, like throw the minorities in jail. Oh, it's good that you had awareness for it, at least. Like, I know what I'm doing is wrong. I'm and a I'm bad boy and I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like you're getting off on it. Yeah. A little bit. Oh, man. Hard wang. Hard That's wang. also what HW stands for. Thank you. Going to take that and <laughs> put it in the back pocket. When I'm being a bad boy, George gets a hard wang. Let's go back. Let's go over to Roger Moore for just a moment. Yes. Uh, so you are obviously most well known for playing James Bond, uh, though you had a substantial and very substantial? career. Substantial? Because I was in the saint? What? A substantial career. Are you continuing the pun off right now? I'm never done, Jared. <laughs> oh, boy. 
Uh, all right. Well, you know, the, the gauntlet's been thrown. Uh, so substantial and varied career, uh, both before, during, and after the Bond films. Uh, this was an interesting quote that I saw on your Wikipedia that I'd like to read to you. Quote, due to his commitment to several television shows, Roger Moore was unavailable. Uh, sorry, unavailable. Unavailable. Couldn't be bailed. I'm inside your head now, Jared. <laughs> I love it. Mind freak. You could have used that uh, when you were throwing minorities in jail. You could say, you are unavailable. There you go. Going to take it. Put it in <laughs> the other back pocket. So many back pockets. So, due to his commitment to several television shows, Roger Moore was unavailable for the James Bond films for a considerable time. Now, that line seems to be suggesting that had it not been for your television work, you might have been cast as Bond earlier than you were. That's is correct. That, I'm that, not the only Bond who that happened to, you know. Really? It also happened to Pierce Brosnan because he was on... Remington Steel? He Steele, was on Remington Steel and, and they he wanted him out of his contract. Interesting. Yes, so they went with Timothy Dalton. Now, here's the thing. So I always assumed that, you know, that they just wanted uh, Sean Connery to be Bond from the get-go. But you're, <laughs> you're saying that had you not been doing The Saint, that, they would have asked you to be James Bond in Dr. No, in the very first Bond movie. That filthy Scottish... A bald piece of garbage, <laughs> Sean Connery. No, 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 no. Because yeah. because because James Bond should be should be suave. He should mm. be debonair. Mm. You know, he should he should have a taste for the finest things in life. Mm. For the like, finest uh, for the finest uh, food. For the finest drink. For the finest clothes. For the finest women. Yes, exactly, Jared. <laughs> oh, you've seen one or two, have you? I've seen quite a few Bond films, actually. What's your favorite? Oh, goodness. Actually, it's controversial, actually. My favorite Bond movie is controversial. Which one? It is Quantum of Solace. With, that's your favorite That's my one? favorite. I've seen it multiple times because everybody says that one's bad, and I have to keep re-watching it to make sure that I'm not crazy. It is the most smart and subtle of the James Bond films. It is so very will, hot it is take. subtle. I will give you that. It's very <laughs> That's right. subtle. I am willing to die on this mountain. My favorite one is Octopussy. Octopussy. That's an extremely silly James Bond film. Oh, it's fucking awesome. That's <laughs> what it is. It's Which, awesome. Are you an octopussy? He is. Am I an octopusy? No, Maud Adams is octopusy. No, but he's in octopusy. But it's though. one of yours. It's one of mine. Yes, yeah. yes. It's one of the few James Bond movies where you have an age appropriate love interest. Age appropriate being a very loose term, very, 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 very loose. <laughs> She's probably fifteen years younger than me, but, and that which is, is better than thirty. Oh my god, <laughs> so much better than it is in almost every other. I was one. fifty-seven in the last one, so just mm, saying, just yeah, saying. nothing wrong with a little age. And I believe, gap. Uh, yeah, who was it that you hooked up with in the last one? Uh, Grace Jones. Grace Jones, uh, there was the uh, Laura Prepon's mom in that '70s show. <laughs> There was a woman. Uh, we don't need to go through a, the whole. In iceberg, nope. In an iceberg submarine, and then a woman in a hot tub. I would love to see that listicle of the age gaps between Bond and his love interests in the various films. It is substantially. Uh, age if you gap. work at BuzzFeed, hit me up because I feel like we got. I feel like we can get a couple of clicks on this thing. But or a vulture. As we were saying. Like as we were saying. Uh, yes. So you're saying. Did somebody contact you? Did anybody say, you know, yes. you, got, you, you got the contract for the saint in your hand and they're like, hold up. Harry Saltzman and here. Cubby Broccoli called me. And I'm they sorry, who would you say? Harry Saltzman and Cubby Broccoli. You don't know who Cubby Broccoli is? Albert Broccoli? I didn't know that you called them Cubby. Is that, oh, is that yes. a known nickname for him? It is. Cubby it Broccoli. Is. I didn't know that. Yes, Cubby dear Broccoli. <laughs> My dear old friend, Cubby Broccoli. Uh, Herbert Walker's got a cubby anytime he's a bad boy, am I Chubby right? Broccoli. <laughs> chubby Broccoli. That's what they called me back at Yale. Cubby. Skull and Bones. They called me Chubby Broccoli. Oh, I can't wait to ask you about your Skull and Bones years. But anyways, you were saying, Roger Moore. Yes, yes, yes. They called me and they said, we have the rights to Dr. No, a great Ian Fleming novel, and we want you to play the hero, James Bond. And I said, well, I would love to, but I'm doing this... This really great thing right now. Mm. You want me to be in, in, in this horrible base, base art form called motion pictures. No, mm. no, no. I'm on a cheap BBC television show <laughs> called The Saint. There is an elegance to being in a television show for the BBC. Motion pictures are like, 
They're exactly. Vulgar. It's 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 you know uh, what is it? It's base. It's a uh, it's a low it's art gratuitous. form. It's a low like, art form. Ugh. You got to go out of your house and sit for two hours with Ugh. other people. Gross. Exactly. On the saint, I get to I Arf. get to put on I get to put on different clothings every week <laughs> that essentially just make me look like Roger Moore, either with a mas- mustache or without a mustache. Mm, and I get disguises. to play different parts. Mm, I get yes. to play a different person every. Every week. Yes. That's acting. Yes. That's getting you can to the stretch your legs soul. a little bit. How many times does James Bond get to do like a funny voice or, you know, pretend to be like, did they ever put him in disguise in anything? Like he just walks into places and say, hey, I'm James Bond, you know? Oh, oh his, there's no he, range there. He sometimes says he's James Bond and then sometimes he'll say he's James Block or he'll sometimes <laughs> say he's James Sinjin Smythe. And it's always James something. It's well, it's easy James. to remember if your first name because then if somebody shouts, hey, James at you, it's not weird. Because your instinct is just to turn around. It doesn't matter how much spy training you have. That's why. That's if somebody why. says, hey, James, you're going to turn around, you know? Exactly. That's why he has a license to kill, because he cannot keep a secret at <laughs> all. If you meet him once, you know exactly who you've met. Are and then you... you just tell other bad people that you know in the world. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's James Bond. That's right. Are you familiar with the Sean Connery Bond film where Never they say never again? Sneak him into a Japanese facility by turning him Japanese. You only live twice? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes, yes that is Whoa, <laughs> problematic. <laughs> there is some problematic stuff in my movie. Well, I, I, I don't know say, if anything was ever as problematic that, as putting Sean Connery in yellow face. I don't know if, uh, you know, I should, I should admit when I was in the CIA, I did the same thing. What? <laughs> I did Herber, her, Hellwalker Bush. I, I got the idea from the movie, and I said, we're going to go. We're gonna, oh, we're my gonna. So you God. assumed an, ide- an Asian identity. <laughs> That's right. What was your character's name? And I wonder how well we can skate over this. <laughs> how did you speak? <laughs> well, I was, my, name, my, my name was George Mitsubishi. <laughs> because like you said, you'd have to keep, the, keep first the first name. name you got to keep the first keep the name. First. <laughs> George Mitsubishi. Because if somebody sees you in Tokyo or whatever and they say, hey, George, and you turn around, but you've been telling people that your name is Yoko or whatever, you know, then people are going to be and like, I'd say, I'd say, clever's blown. Yeah. Do you want me to, do you want to hear my Japanese voice? No. I'll do it. I'll do it for do. you. Happy there's to do it. There's a part of me I that does think, want to hear it. I and there's think. also a part of me that's, I feel like I trust you. I'll tell you what, you do you it. You and really if it's should. really bad, we'll bleep it. <laughs> All right. We have that power. It's okay. pre recorded. All right. Okay. So you're in the middle of your, your special op. You're, you're the uh, Japanese man, George Mitsubishi. And uh, what is something that you say when you're when you're when you're in in cover undercover? Konnichiwa. <laughs> okay, I'm that... George Sean. All right, not not nearly as not nearly all. as bad as I thought it was going Feel to be. Like well, we you really... haven't heard the Chinese one that I did. <laughs> <laughs> let's skip over that for well, just a skip moment. That one. Uh, right. Let's go back over to George uh, uh, Hardwang Bush for just a moment. <laughs> <laughs> You grew up in Connecticut. Uh, you enlisted in the Navy during World War II right out of high school uh, because uh, you were inspired by the uh, the attack on Pearl Harbor to do your civic duty. You were the photographic officer in the Navy, uh, which I assume means that you were flying spy missions and taking pictures from spy planes. Is that what the... The photographic off- officer did in the Navy? Sure. Sometimes okay. I get lost, fly over a nude beach. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> You're really earning that nickname there, Hardway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, uh, I mean, I'm sure that everybody else appreciated that on the boat, too. You know, like, it's great to get some fresh some fresh nudie pics, you know, oh, when yeah. you're away at sea for months at a time. Sure. Mm-hmm. Give, you, give you some material. Now, the Wikipedia says that you had, I can't believe how well this is going to line up. The Wikipedia says that you had the nickname Skins in your air group. And uh, the Wikipedia says that it was because you were tall and skinny, but was it because you were taking pictures of nude beaches when you're supposed to be flying spy missions during the war? Oh, yeah, they'd say, make sure we get Skins plane in because he's going to be delivering fresh skins. Fresh nudies from George Hardwang Bush. Uh, I just, just want to know why Skins is a nickname for somebody who is tall. Is it because they need that extra was, skin? That was my question also. Is I mean, it makes way more sense if you've been taking nudie pics with a spy plane. Way more, however. <laughs> way, way, Roger Moore. Point, point. Jarrett Berenstein. Double points. 
<laughs> so yeah, was that really? I mean, you know, obviously we've discovered that that's the real story, but uh, like, where did this this myth come from? That it was because you were tall and skinny. Did anybody even buy that? Well, that's what that's. We have a code out there on the sea. Mm. See, when we get back, let's not tell all the women folk about all the horrible things we did on this boat. And horrible things you mean by, like, taking pictures of uh, of naked people on nude beaches. Stuff like that. And stuff that, nothing worse than that. That's just, that's the baseline. Sure. Wink. <laughs> that's a hard wink from that's HW. A hard wink. Uh, if you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are 31st President of the United States, George Herbert Walker Bush. Dab on him. And the 20th century British actor best known for playing James Bond, Roger Moore. He's got a powerful weapon! Ooh, I'm not familiar with that one. Charges a million a shot. Okay, uh, let's go back over to Roger Moore for just a moment. So, what? which uh, Bond song was that, just out of curiosity? The man with the golden gun. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I love it. Mm. It's right. a good one. It's not as good as Live and Let Die, but you can mm. Gwen and Jarrett. I mean, uh, <laughs> not bad. That d- 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 double points. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, um, you know. I, I heard uh, I was reading your Wikipedia that you were quite a quite popular with the ladies back in the day. Oh yes, gave them uh, gave them a little bit of a uh, rogering, if you will. Uh oh. <laughs> I give him all that and more. Ooh, all right. It's kind of reusing the one that I used. Minus one point. Hell yeah. Jarrett takes a commanding lead. So you were born in 1927 in Stockwell, London. Your father was a Scottish policeman. I read something interesting about that on the Wikipedia. It said that once your father went to investigate a robbery at the home of a famous film director, a a man named Brian Desmond Hurst. And through that investigation, he was able to get you hired as an extra for one of his films. Is that right? Yes, there was a murder over there. It was you a murder? Who did it? You oh my won't God. who did it. Wait, so it, was a, it said on the Wikipedia it was a robbery. You're saying it was a murder. It was a murder robbery. Oh, so they did a steal, and then somebody showed up, and they had to kill that person to get away with it. Exactly, right? exactly. Okay. And I was never caught. Wait, ah. you were never caught? Well, you just know that if there's a Hearst out there in the world, that they have some sort of connections to the entertainment industry, to the printed media, to the world of things that are happening in the world. Okay, so you went to the home of film director Brian Desmond Hearst to do a steal, to rob the place. Yes. And then you got caught by someone who you then killed. Who I then killed, wow. and then I, I went right home and I told my father about it. His mm-hmm. name his name was Lodger Moore. <laughs> oh, beautiful name, Lodger. And, yes, yes. Mm. Well, in those days, well, in there, England, you were smaller and he was larger. Larger. Yes, yes, <laughs> that was what it was. Larger Moore. Oh, that's, that's a point for Jarrett's. I this is going to ruin the episode. I, I hate let you. you know. This is very much ruined. <laughs> okay, so you're saying your father, Lodger Moore. Yes, yes, Lodger Moore. And I told him. And I his s- father, Extra. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Minus God one damn. point. What? <laughs> That was hilarious. You're, you're microphoning it in right now. That's you're a just good sitting one. there in That's your a really chair. Good one. Mm-hmm. Listen, level with me. Oh. Levels, levels on the board. Anybody? You're a couple of knobs. Point me. <laughs> Okay, so you go to your Let's father. table these puns who, for a moment. First of all, who did you murder at the Hearst residence, by the way? Do you know who it was even, or was it just a, a bystander? Did you ever figure it out? It was Hearst's wife. It was his wife? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, the lovely lady Hearst. Yes, yes, yes. And he no longer wanted to be in this relationship anymore. What? And so I went in there to rob her away, to take her away with me as a lover. I see. You understand. Okay. And then the butler saw what was happening, and so I had to kill him. And so I said, all right, everybody, just fucking be cool. (laughs) Fucking be cool. I just want a part in the movies. I just want some sort of part in the movies. I'm not some sort of Rupert Pupkin kind of crazy person. I Mm -hmm. just want to be famous. Is that so much to ask? And I went home and I told father all about it. Mm -hmm. And then he said, well, cover up. (laughs) That was the thing that the Scottish police did. They would they would shout cover up, and then everybody knew they had to start covering things up. Yes, it's Scotland Yard. They would just yell cover up. It was a little bit like calling a mulligan. 
You know, yes. you just shout Mulligan. cover up, shout shenanigans, and then cover up. You know, you're sort of calling it, if you will. Yes, yes, Beautiful yes. Beautiful culture they've got wow. back there in the British Isles. That's incredible, mm. incredible story. So, uh, that, you know, this was, you wanted to get famous, you go over there, you murder the butler, you murder the wife, and then you say, hey man, I just want to be in the movies, and then your dad helps you out with that. I murdered her with love, which then turned into actual murder. Mm. I'm not the best at having sex with people. I don't know if you've ever seen me kiss anybody. It's very strange. I'm just essentially <laughs> putting my nose on their nose. And then rubbing my top lip all over their top lip. So that is Roger Moore stating unequivocally that you are not great at, you're not a, a good lover of women. You're I not, suffocated that woman with my mouth and by like being like right on top of you her You were trying nose. to make love to her and you accidentally expired her instead. Yes, I'm kind of like a Lenny in that way. Mm, you could have been a great Bond villain in that way. The man who oh. seduces women and then accidentally kills them with your body. Yes, yes. Mm. What would my name be? Ooh. It would be... It would be. I was thinking maybe Crotch, like Jaws. Jaws was the way that he killed people, and yours could be Crotch. You know, something like that. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Any ideas, Herbert Walker Bush? Any ideas uh, for the think, uh, the man who seduces women and then accidentally kills them, and that's his assassination technique? Uh, how about sexual assaulter? Sexual. <laughs> Just stayed it plain. Mm. That's very close to what I was doing. The so sexual it sounds right. Assaulter. Sounds right. Mm. Well, we'll think on that a little bit. Uh, let's go back over to George Herbert Walker Bush for just a moment. So after the war, uh, you went to Yale. You graduated in less than three years, which is very impressive. Uh, you then moved your family to West Texas, and you got a job selling oil field equipment. And according to your son, George W. Bush, you lived in one of the few houses in Odessa, Texas, that had an indoor bathroom, which you shared with a, quote, couple of hookers. Is that right, George Herbert Walker Bush? That's true. So you guys had this house. You were living in this house that I'm assuming it had, like, a couple of apartments in it. Like, maybe you and the family were living on the on the top floor, and... These hookers were living on the bottom floor or something? Is that how it worked out? That's how it worked. You know, I was ready to rough it down in Texas. Mm, Been yeah. in Connecticut my whole life. I was a very pampered little sheltered boy. Mm. Wanted to rough it down with the cowboys. You wanted to uh, You wanted to make a name for yourself. You wanted to, to, to go out and become your own man. Yeah. I mm. wanted to spread the bush name. <laughs> okay. Spread the bush. Now, so these were lean years, obviously, while you started making your name for yourself. And, very uh, lean, very lean. Yeah, and I was so you, very poor. You're uh, you're sharing this uh, this house with a couple of hookers. Didn't you think that that was uh, improper? I mean, you're trying to raise a family here, right? It was so improper, and I'd, I every night at about two a.m. I'd go downstairs and just <laughs> spend about an hour down there telling them how bad it was. I'd say, Barb, Barb, George, Jeb, Neil, you guys stay up here, maybe put on some music and. Drown out the noises, because I'm going to be yelling at them down there. I'm going to be really giving it to them. And maybe they're going to yell things back at me. Yeah, they're going to yell know? back. They maybe might... they're going to be so upset by what I'm saying, they're going to say, oh, God, oh, God. Exactly. Mm. They might say, you know, and then they might get into it at some point and say, give it to me, Big Daddy. <laughs> but this is all part of, you know, really berating a hooker for her <laughs> bad life choices. That's how it goes. That is, uh, that's an incredible story. And I mean, I, I think it uh, speaks volumes to your integrity that you were willing to go to those lengths to help protect your family from, you know, improprietous behavior. The pernicious, you know, evil behavior. From the lewd business that was happening on the first floor of this, of this house you were staying in. Um, I mean, did you, how long did you live in this house that had the two prostitutes on the first floor? Oh, well, that was about three months. Three months? And then we made a bunch of money and I got us a big... A big mansion in Texas. Oh, that's nice. But I still made time to go <laughs> dress down those hookers. So you would, even though you lived in this really nice house, you would still take breaks to go visit the hookers at their place and let them know what for. Let them know how bad the decisions they had made were. That's right. Mm, that's good of you, you know? And I think that uh, it speaks volumes for the kind of man and the kind of person that you would eventually become. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's in our DNA as bushes. We're mm. just... Good people. <laughs> that might be the funniest thing that's ever been said on a famous dead people. Episode famous dead people. Uh, yeah, so I think we should uh, we'll take a break now, uh, but we will be right back with Roger Moore and George Herbert Walker Bush on Famous Dead People. Stay with us. Good people. 
Hey, everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org if you want a specific famous dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us, whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, Also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JarrettBarrington.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening and now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are former director of the CIA and 41st president of the United States, George Herbert Walker Bush. Live and let die. (laughs) And 20th century British actor best known for playing secret agent James Bond in seven films, Roger Moore. Nobody does it it better. better. That one I know. That one I'm familiar with. Uh, Let's go go back over to uh, Roger Moore for just a moment. So I read that another one of your early jobs, in addition to, um, you know, being an extra in this guy's movie whose wife and butler you had murdered, uh, was that you apprenticed at an animation studio, but that you were fired after you made a mistake with some animation cells, but it doesn't say what the mistake was on the Wikipedia. Do you remember that animation job and exactly what you did to, uh, to I don't know, ruin the animation cells that made you get fired? Yes, my job was to transfer the cells from one animation block to another in mm. order for them to receive any final touch-ups, only except I would put some additional touch-ups. Wait, so you were just taking, like, uh, so these guys are working on the animation cells. Your job is to move them from one place to another. One animation block to another. Okay, and so you then would make alterations to yes. the animation blocks. Yeah. To the, to the to the slides or whatever. Yeah. Uh, what sort of what sort of changes were you making to them? Well, I drew penises. <laughs> I like it. So you were just drawing penises in these cartoons, mm-hmm. and that's the reason why you got fired from the animation studio. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I would have fired you if you did the same thing, right? I drew penises. I drew uh, vaginas. Big mm. fan. <laughs> yes, I thought you might like that uh, former president. Mm. Uh, I, I, you weren't making anything like you. You weren't trying to fix or make them better or add story elements. You were literally just trying to draw genitalia. Well, to... I was making story suggestions of where mm. it could go. Okay, so you're saying maybe if I draw a penis in this, they'll be like, you know, this could. And in sex, this we could start having these characters do sex at this point. You know point. where Robin Hood hasn't gone yet mm. is uh, a moment where Robin Hood and uh, Little John are walking through the forest, and then they and then they find that perhaps the love that they've been searching for has been right under their noses this mm. whole time, and then That's they make right. passionate love with each other underneath a tree. Yeah, so Robin Hood and Little John walking through the, the forest. forest. They look into each other's eyes, and there's nothing left to say. <laughs> You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Why not let these two characters enjoy each other? I'm taking you know? it from uh, the context that this you worked specifically on the Robin Hood cartoon that Disney made. And that was one one of the ones very that you short time. threw penises into. For a very short time. I yeah. see. I there was see. also a scene with uh, with Prince John mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, and Friar Tuck. Yes. And and you know the two of them are hanging out with each other, and then and then they look into each other's eyes, and they realize that perhaps the thing that they've been looking for this whole time has been right, right under f- right under their noses right under this their whole noses. time. I on I have often thought that the scene where uh, uh, Robin Hood go disguises himself and goes into uh, King John's carriage and sucks all the jewels off of his body, mm-hmm. and Robson, I always thought that that was a little too sexual to be in a kids' cartoon. Was that your doing, Roger Moore? 
Well, I made some alterations, and at that point, they had no time to fix them. So they just tried to, like, well, let's draw jewels on them. Instead I didn't of, put the jewels there. You were just sucking many dicks off of King John's body. Just sucking areas on King John's body, <laughs> trying to get things started, trying to get, you know, the, the blood pumping. Mm-hmm. And then to let the animators take it from there, you tell me. <laughs> But then they decided, well, we don't have time to fix this. Let's just mm. put jewels on him. That makes sense that he would try and take that again. Yeah, yeah. They tried to suck those off of him instead. Yes, 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 yeah, yes, that yes, makes yes. a lot of sense, I guess. Um, now then, you uh, you know, you you go study at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts at Rada, yes. and that is where you developed your Mid Atlantic accent. Yes. that uh, you became so famous for. <laughs> Nobody speaks like this naturally. But I, I'm because I assume that that was just the the way that you talk, the way that you know people from your part of England talked. Uh, what was your What was your natural accent? What was the accent that you had before you learned? proper elocution at RADA. Are you asking me to debase myself by speaking with the voice that I grew up with? I mean, I think it's just, it's being honest. It's returning to to your roots, right? Like, you're not putting on airs, George Herbert Walker Bush. Like, this is the voice that you grew up with, right? That's right. I'm a real, this is just the voice of a cowboy. Isn't this the way? A real Connecticut Texan. Isn't this the way that you spoke when you you were birthed, I believe, right? When I was birthed, it was... Yeah, that was pretty much this. Maybe mm-hmm. a little bit less twang. The doctor slaps you on the butt, to and which go, you respond. Wah, wah. <laughs> Get me out of here. Kill me. Kill me. Jesus, that's dramatic. Yeah. You sound like you were born a creature that wasn't supposed to be alive. But like, <laughs> like Jeff Goldblum at the end of The Fly. Ooh, that's right. Kill me. And he takes the shotgun and he points it to his own head. <laughs> That's right. Is that how that film ends? Oh, sorry. Spoiler sorry about alert. that. Spoilers. It's That's been all right. many. It's been like thirty years, right? Like, I've had time. That's fine. You can spoil it, but is mm-hmm. it, does he really blow his head off? No. So there's a uh, uh, who is it? Gina uh, Davis. Gina Davis has a gun, and uh, he takes his little fly hand and he takes the gun <laughs> and he points it to his own. <laughs> What are you? What it's just are you really funny to imagine. A little fly hand? Yeah, a little fly hand making a. <laughs> no, kill me. You would only feel that way because you haven't seen it. If you see, if you yeah, had seen it's it, it's pretty dark. It's, it's dark, but it's funny as hell to hear you talk about <laughs> it. Had a very weird sense of humor in George Herbert Walker Bush. But anyways, <laughs> if you're too if you're too embarrassed to speak in your uh, natural accent, Roger Moore, we can move on. I, I'm not going to press the issue. All right, all right. This is the way that I spoke as a child. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't like it, we can bleep it out later of course yes 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 um, in fact in fact let's just go ahead and assume that everything i'm about to say is completely bleeped out okay okay, okay. all right sure well how are you doing <laughs> it's good to be here isn't it um, the beer i don't hold on a second george Hardwang bush <laughs> hold on roger moore oh, wow. i don't see why james bond couldn't have spoken like that I think that James Bond could have spoken like I this. I really do think that he could have talked like Big Boy, uh, Big Big B, for us, right? From uh, Big B from, from Train Spotting. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Yeah, fucking punter. <laughs> nice glass weed, bro. Why don't we do? Uh, why don't we do a scene from a from a from a Bond film, and uh, and you will use your natural voice, and we'll see how seamlessly it transition in. Uh, you know, there's always the famous the scene where you order your your famous cocktail. Yes, is right. You, you be the bartender. I'll be the bartender. And I'll be James Bond. Oh, Mr. Bond, can I get you anything to uh, wet your whistle? Yes, I'd like a pint of lager. I would. <laughs> I'd like a pint of lager. In that <laughs> accent, it's impossible to order anything but a pint you of lager. You can't order your uh, vodka martini shaken not stirred. If you've got amber, that'd be nice too. <laughs> Yeah, I, I stand by that. I stand by that. That, that tracks. You're making me feel like I should duke like this for, forever. I mean, like if maybe I should possibly continue. If you feel more comfortable going back to your no, for, to the accent that you became famous for, then I would not object. No, no, I should go back to this. Yes, yes. I feel like the audience would be more comfortable, I think. <laughs> uh, let's go back over to Herbert Washington. Yes, let's put them at ease. Let's <laughs> oh, do that. It's, oh, a is very, sort of thing? it's a very soothing accent. It really is. It's a little bit like, you know, uh, uh, you know it's, it's like a romance language. Language almost like oh, hearing yeah, hearing Italian, you know, it just yeah. sort of like rolls off the tongue. Wait until uh, you hear I try to uh, seduce a woman with this voice. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Uh, let's go back over to Herbert Washington book for just a moment. So, beginning in 1960, you evidence has has uh, has uh, come to pass that you were a clandestine CIA agent using your work in the oil business as a cover. Is that true? 
Maybe it is, and maybe it is. That is another classic (laughs) George Herbert Walker Bush deflection. There is some evidence to suggest that you were involved in the failed Bay of Pigs invasion as a clandestine CIA agent. You've never officially confirmed it. Would you, today, on Famous Dead People, confirm that you were a part of the failed Bay of Pigs invasion of Cuba? Confirm. Wow. Tell us about it. Tell us. Well, I landed on that. Were you involved in the muck up at all, or were you just as surprised as everybody else that things went so south? I was shocked. Mm. I came in, I landed on the beach with a bazooka ready to blow people away. Now, this doesn't sound like a clandestine CIA operation. <laughs> well, it was a camouflage bazooka. Oh, okay. And I was, and then uh, everything went to shit, man. Did, did you have a cover story for why you were in Cuba at the time? Because you were supposed to I did. I had be... a Cuban name and voice. <laughs> Can we hear? What was your Cuban name? George Santarilla. <laughs> So you show up, you've got this bazooka in disguise. See. All right. And uh, you know, you're you're sort of like a James Bond character in, in Cuba. And then and then what happens when you realize, oh no, this is going tits up and I gotta I gotta get the hell back to West Texas. Well, I went and I lived in Cuba in disguise in order to survive mm. for many weeks. So after the Bay of Pigs failed, you're like, Well, I just have to stay I as a Cuban man for a while. That's right. And I went around, I said me llamo George Santarilla. <laughs> Yo quiero uno uh, uh, mojito, por favor. <laughs> I had many mojitos there in mm. Cuba. Oh, wow. And then you were able to uh, extricate yourself afterwards and go back to being mild-mannered George Herbert Walker Bush back in Texas. That's right. When no one was looking, I swam from Cuba back to Galveston, Texas. Oh my God! Yeah, that's an that's an insane journey. That's so, not even the short way to Miami. It's a thousand mile swim. Jesus! Did you require any gadgets in order to get you there back mm, home? Like James Bond? I did. Ooh, what Ooh. kind of spy gadgets did you have working for the CIA? I had a watch that turned into a large boat. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes, so the old did. watch boat. So you, that that helped you swim a thousand miles. Sure. Wow. Well, I guess swimming, I swam about uh, about one mile. Mm. Then the watch boat kicked in. Yeah. So I mostly just took a boat to Galveston. Gotcha. Well, you know, it's still impressive. It's still very impressive spy work there. Now, before we go back over to Roger Moore, I just wanted to mention one thing. So you run for Senate twice in Texas, and both times you lose to Democrats in Texas— your first loss was 1964. You ran for Senate as the anti-civil rights candidate. You said that it gave too much power to the federal government, and you lost in Texas. And man, how times have changed. Am I right? That's right. You would have learned a landslide if that was today, right? Well, what you don't, what you're not reading there, mm-hmm. is I, that was my justification for being anti-civil rights. You should have heard the Democrats. Wait, justific- what? Yeah, the Democrat was anti-civil rights. Oh, I thought that was how you were you were separating you yourself. You were running on the same platform. You forget that back then in the South, Democrats. What, they ran things. Oh, you know, I had assumed that the switch had already happened. It hadn't happened yet in oh, Texas. So I that see. Democrat, I'm actually legally, I can't say on air his platform because it's it's too racist. It's too racist. <laughs> I won't even go there. Oh wow! And so that's I, coming from me. I had assumed that it was just a more liberal Texas back then, a little more understanding. No, Beto yeah. O'Rourke would have been murdered back then. I see. Okay, he well, might be murdered today. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find <laughs> out, won't we? Uh, let's go back over to Roger Moore for just a moment. So, uh, when you were 18, you were conscripted for national service, despite the World War II having already ended, uh, and you served in the combined. Services Education Entertainment Section, the Combined Services Entertainment Section, uh, which I'm not really familiar with that branch of the armed services. What what exactly did you do for the Combined Services Entertainment Section exactly? Well, you know, if, if our boys are going to be out there fighting war, they should have some sort of in- entertainment, something mm. to help them pass the time when they're not off, like, fighting, fighting. Mm. And so what we would do is... 
we would run a, a series of, uh, of, of improvisational scenes. Mm, you with, would do improv for the troops? Yes, but also we would sort of guide these improvised scenes between each other. They could create their own entertainment. Oh, so the see. troops were doing improv Training also. them in improvisation. Oh, okay. And so we would like put them in and give them a situation like a doctor's office mm. or, 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 um, or a, 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 you know, let, let's just say a doctor's office. Mm. And... At some point, we would stop it, stop the scene, mm -hmm. and then ask the two soldiers to look into each other's eyes. Ah, here we go. <laughs> and to think about whether or not what they've been looking for hasn't been under their nose the whole this time. This entire time. This entire time. Gotcha. And, so and, then you... I, and then I just let them continue <laughs> on the scene however they want to. This is a suggestion. Mm. Could go anywhere. Could gotcha. go wherever they wanted. How many, of these, uh, how many of these programs did you run in the British military, in the British like, Armed Service? 10 or 20,000. 10 or 20,000? You, wow, you would get a group of cadets mm -hmm. or servicemen and you would say, you know. Combined let's, services. Let's take a break from the fighting for a little bit. You got you to gotta have Navy, a little R&R. &R. Mm -hmm. You know, it's good for the brain. It's good for the heart. MI6, MI5. Let's do a couple of scenes. Oh, so you actually worked with spies. You did oh, the yes. Oh, yes. improv yes. game yes. slash seduction uh, techniques with the with the with the the James Bond types, if you will. Well, yes, you have to be prepared for all sorts of scenarios. I'm sure that mm. you, Hardwang, that you went through several <laughs> several days of trying to figure out, well, how do you know how to lie to another person? Ooh, and so you're doing training for the CIA. You're doing training. You're getting ready to go over to the to the Bay of Pigs. Before you get out your bazooka, you probably have to talk to somebody. Mm. And probably when you get there, you maybe you look at them in the eye, and then maybe you realize. Both of you, perhaps, that may be the thing that you've been looking for. Uh huh. Yeah. It's been under your nose. It's a little weird if it's someone that you've just met, you know? Like, if you're just looking in someone's eyes and then you just met that person and you think that what you've been looking for has been. Love can happen in an instant, Jarrett. Why just watch any of my films? I am living proof of this. Oh, I thought it was because you were such an attractive man that these women were throwing themselves at you. You just. Well, that'll get you on the green. That'll get you on the green, but. This actually brings up an interesting point because you were an actual undercover agent, Herbert Walker Bush, and there's a thing in the uh, in the in the intelligence community called a honeypot, yeah. where just, you yeah. where honey you would pot. have to seduce somebody in order to gain their trust or get information. Did you ever have to do a honeypot while you were a covert CIA operative? Yes, when I was in Japan, I, I one time I, I arranged to meet what we found to be was a spy for the Japanese. Mm. And I, I said, meet me in this hotel room in downtown Tokyo. <laughs> and I was waiting for her wearing only a kimono with my leg up. Oh, my God. My dick and balls hanging out. <laughs> and now that is a classic honeypot. Okay, so can she... I tell you how I would do that situation using yeah. my birth voice? Well, let's uh, let's hold on for that just a second. If, if you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are 20th century British actor best known for playing James Bond, Roger Moore. Oh yeah, and uh, 41st President of the United States, George Herbert Walker Bush. Yeah, baby. <laughs> so you were saying if you had to do a honeypot. In real life, instead of in a in a James Bond film, Roger Moore, you would use your your birth voice. Yes, yes. So let, I'm gonna put myself in the situation that Hard Wang was in. <laughs> so I've just invited this beautiful, beautiful woman to my hotel room. Mm. And there I sit in a kimono. Yes. My dick and balls are hanging out. <laughs> right. You're on the right track. And then I look her. I look her right in the eyes, and with my birth voice, I say. Well, look at you. You've gone and found my hard dick and wing and my balls, haven't you? Okay, why don't we get together, like, and then the, the two of us, we can look into each other's eyes and then see if perhaps the thing we've been looking, looking for hasn't <laughs> been under our nose the entire time. Honestly, I feel like you could you could green screen that scene into Moonraker and it would not make the film any worse. You mean uh, the, the film with Holly Goodhead? That's right. The Bond girl's name is Holly Goodhead? That's right. Look at you, Holly Goodhead. Probably the <laughs> best um, pretending to be in zero gravity ever 
ever without using any wires whatsoever. No, there, there were no wires on set that there day. There were no wires. We were all in those giant vomit comets, mm. the, the planes that just do a, a quick dive and then everybody's weightless I for don't about believe so. I believe <laughs> you if you watch so? the film again, if you watch the film again, it really just looks like you're all walking slowly. Mm. And that is how you translate that the gravity has been turned the off. Magic the magic of filming. Space station. <laughs> the magic of film. Uh, so yeah, so you invite this Japanese woman to your hotel room. You've got your kimono open, mm-hmm. you know, and is that is that point the seduction is finished or is there more, George Bush? And then I make sweet love to her. Ooh. And then I say, by the way, if you're like a Japanese spy, you can tell me. Tell me everything <laughs> you want. And that usually works. Well, and they're in the I, afterglow. They're, they're so... It's called pillow talk. Pillow talk. It's part of the honeypot. That's right. The defenses are down. Defenses are down. Unbelievable. They've just had multiple orgasms due to <laughs> George Huge Wang Bush. Oh, a huge Wang now. Yeah. Hard and huge. Huge, hard Wang. Hefty could work as well. Any hard, H-word. Hard Wang, did you, did you do any, uh, like, dirty talk? Yeah, I'd say you're a nasty little girl, aren't you? <laughs> This is the pre-seduction part of it. This is, this is what you're doing when you're trying to get them to bed, right? This this dirty talk? The dirty, yeah, that yeah. was or that was in the middle of copulating. Oh, I see. Okay. Say, bring it bring it to Papa. Back back it up. <laughs> now, oh it man. You must have been an extremely effective uh, operator. Uh, let's let's come- just say uh I prevented a war in Thailand. Ooh, whoa. Uh, Impressive. Yeah. yeah. And if I it was that hard wang that did it. It's a hard wang. Saved <laughs> let's just say so many lives. Nine eleven could have been a lot worse if it weren't for me. What? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah. There was a worse version of nine eleven oh, yeah. than it what was, happened. It was nine twelve. <laughs> and that you and that you stopped it after you were president? Yeah, well, I got the wheels in motion when I was still pressed. Uh, yeah, so you leave office in, what was it, 1990, correct? 92. 92, 92. that's right. Technically and, uh, 93, if you want to be technical. And I had so, a few days in 93. That's right, that's right, leading into January or whatever. And uh, and so you you just go back into covert operations, yeah. And you 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 got wind that there's this thing called 9/11 happening. Oh, that like I and said so, back then it was 9/12. <laughs> they said we're planning 9/12. Oh, so said, you bumped it up. They <laughs> had they had one less day to plan, and that made it that much less devastating. Exactly. Did you make them more confident that they could get it done earlier? Or no, did, I said or did they, they, they were the like, well, now we got to rush this thing. <laughs> And then we're gonna have to scale it way down. And I mm. said, "Yeah." That's oh man, you must have had to do a lot of honeypots to uh, to win, oh, yeah. win the trust of Al Qaeda, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Al Qaeda, they did nine eleven, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just couldn't remember if it was them or the Taliban, or if they're the same. I forget. Uh, who cares? I'm not very smart. I'm not. The Taliban overthrew the recognized government of Afghanistan, which they in turn turned a blind eye. To uh, Al Qaeda, right? Am I getting more? Am I getting? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. It sounds smart. You're you're the one with all the uh, foreign policy experience, George Herbert Walker Bush. Is that what happened? Is that the way it went? That's exactly what happened. There you go. Perfect marks for Roger Moore. Let's go back over to Roger Moore for just a moment. So, just like the moon, after you leading the series, The Saint, you did a movie called The Man Who Haunted Himself. And uh, this is a quote from the Wikipedia from you, quote, about the film, uh, The Man Who Haunted Himself. It was one of the few times I was allowed to act. Many say my best role was in The Man Who Haunted Himself. Is that, do you still feel that way? Yes, I still feel that way. Tell us a little bit about that movie and what was so different about that movie where you're actually able to flex your acting muscles a little bit. Well, it starts with a long look in the mirror. Mm. I look in the mirror. I look myself in the eye. And then things slow down. And I think perhaps what I've been <laughs> wanting this whole time <laughs> has been under my nose. You begin the delicate process of seducing yourself, Roger And it Moore. is an hour and 45 minutes of real-time self-pleasure. Oh, my God. <laughs> it starts with oh, me yeah. pouring myself a drink, which in those days was, uh, was a glass of tomato juice. I was much older. Hmm. Yes. A glass of tomato juice. I had to make sure I was continent. Mm -hmm. And then I would 
lay myself down upon a bed of silk. <laughs> and then I would slowly undress myself. And then <laughs> my dick and balls would be out. Oh, yeah. And then I would slowly Maybe, uh... edge for just like a good... <laughs> Like an before, hour. This is way before edging became a popular concept. This is what pioneering the man pioneering. who loved himself, the man who wanted himself, who haunted like, himself, who haunted himself. Yes, haunted or wanted? Haunted. I I, I always said haunted himself mm, because well, that's the was, proper way he, to pronounce it. He was haunted by how much he wanted himself. Yes, I mean that's one of those things where like the English accent kind of gives the word a second meaning. You know, in America, we're watching this movie and we're like, this doesn't make any sense. This is a guy who wants himself, but I wanted to see a movie about a guy who haunts himself. Yes, you Americans say honorary. We Brits say wannerary. You know what I mean? That's right. Uh, you say Perfect. you say hard wang. I say ward wang. Mm, that's right. We say vitamin. And you say vitamin. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. You say George H. W. Bush. I say George W. W. Bush. Is that wrong? That is wrong. Oh, well, it's just different. You know, two two countries separated by a common tongue, as they say, England yes. and ah, America. I like that. I uh, so, was there any? Uh, I just want to before we wrap up things with this film, the man who haunted himself. Haunted himself. Yes. Uh, was there any dirty talk in it as well? I mean, I know that that was something that. Uh, Herbert Walker was doing to to seduce different uh, spies around oh, the globe. Yes. Did you do this in that movie? As soon as I began the self-pleasuring process, mm. I then reached deep within myself. I pulled out the most truthful performance that I could mm. by talking dirty to myself, and it sounded like this. Your dick and balls feel good in your hand, don't they, lassie? Don't they, laddie? You, don't you, you lad and you lass? You don't care what you... How do you define right now? You are just all about the pleasure and like... Now, I, I hate to do this to you, George Bush, but maybe we could do a little improv now. Like, what would you do if you were there? You know, would you reciprocate some of, well, some of that? Yeah, self-pleasuring? Yeah. Would I... I was just in the room while he was doing that. Yeah, what would you say? Like oh, George say, oh, yeah. Oh, you dirty little Scotsman. <laughs> you do it. Yeah, you fail. Yeah, you you touch that. You yank on that. You put, yeah, put the finger there. Yeah. I have to say it's working. This is it's probably working. the sexiest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. The two of your accents together. Oh, boy. Oh, oh yeah. You will turn a turn a straight boy gay. I just came right now. Oh, boy. Mm. All right. Uh, let's, uh, we, unfortunately, are quickly running out of time. So let's finish off with um, uh, one more question for George Herbert Walker Bush. Uh, so you were the chairman of the Republican National Committee just as Watergate was heating up. And at one point, you switched the official policy position of the RNC from defending Nixon to defending the Republican Party. And in part, you did this by formally requesting that Nixon resign. You went to Nixon and you said the party no longer has your back. You have to resign. Is that correct? That's true. And again, how times have changed. That's right. Yeah. Man, oh man, the good old days. So I was wondering, because he's such an iconic president. And this is probably the final blow for him, right? When he's like, you know, I, uh, you know, if, as long as I have the RNC behind me, they can't touch me. How is it? What was that conversation like between you and Nixon where you finally let him know, I'm sorry, it's over, buddy? I said, now, now, Dick, I know this is hard for you. You don't want to hear it. Mm. But I want you to look into my eyes <laughs> because maybe what we've this been going? looking for. <laughs> Has been right under our noses this whole time. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, and then he he and I made tender love on top of what? On top of the desk in the overall. What's that desk called? The, the uh, resolute, the resolute desk? desk. Yeah, we we sullied that thing something fierce. Oh my god! And then afterwards, he said, "You know what, George? You're right. I'm gonna resign." Wow, that's unbelievable. You didn't even say. To resign. No. All you said I was, look in my eyes. You seduced him. And then he, he seemed, it was like inception almost. Like he came honey to that pot. conclusion by himself. The honeypot. The honeypot. The honeypot. It works. 
It's in the CIA's manual because it works, everybody. I just came again. Oh, God. We're going to have to get a mop over there. Uh, unfortunately, that is all the time that we have for this week's episode of Famous Dead People. I'd like to thank Doing my guests. All time high. Uh, George Herbert Walker Bush. George Hard Wang Bush. That's right. George Huge Wang Bush. That's George right. Hell Walker Bush. Don't forget it. What were some of the other ones? Anybody? Hard Worker. Hard Worker. <laughs> 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 yeah, we finished with the best. And uh, Roger Moore for joining me in the studio today. It's a I wish we had kill. more time. Uh, wow. I have Negative. one final you question. You reused one. <laughs> I have one final question for the two of you. Uh, do either of you have any uh, comedy shows or Twitter accounts or podcasts or anything that you're really big fans of that you want to tell people about? Uh, Roger Moore, anything you want to tell people about? There is a sketch show that is being directed by a young sketch director named Austin Sanders that is taking place at the tank and at the pit in July. Just look up The Outer Zone. It is based on early 1960s sci-fi television. Hmm. Sounds like a lot of fun. And uh, George Herbert Walker Bush, anything you want to tell people about? There's a great country music band called the Great American Country Drifters. Check out GACDrifters.com. Find them on Spotify. And, and they have a show coming up show. soon in uh, Jersey City, another show. Just check it out. Check out the website. You can also check out my website, JarrettBarenstein.com. Uh, if you're listening to this on the radio, find the podcast. All of our old episodes are on there, and they're all hilarious. You can rate and review. You can leave a comment. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel. I've got some fun videos coming out soon. If you have any questions that you'd like to ask your favorite dead person, please email that to us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Oh yes, I will talk by uh, just just generally like this. All right, Roger Moore. I do a little bit of <laughs> shitty Dana Carvey, George H. W. I was going to say that's very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like it.